Hi, and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast, where I, your host, Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a delivery manager. We'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do, and wrap all that up in a way which makes sense. This is an attempt at a daily series of podcasts which are released across wherever you get your podcasts from, and an occasional YouTube video version with bonus content, should you want that. If you want to get in touch or get involved with the podcast, or maybe even be a sponsor, get in touch via Twitter at DM underscore daily, or check out the blog, mariosblog.co.uk. Lean, also known as purple drank, perp, scissorp, syrup, wok or oil, and several other names, is a recreational drug (laughs) beverage prepared by mixing prescription strength cough or cold syrup containing codeine and promethazine with a soft drink. Who knew? (laughs) Welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily. Um, I don't know what episode this is now, that's put me off, but isn't it funny how words can mean different things? Um, We're going to be talking about lean today, and I talk a lot on the podcast about um, agile, and we're going to talk about lean, which is a mindset as well as an array of tools and processes and thinking, but we're going to talk very briefly about what lean is and how you can configure your teams to be more lean. So first then, let's talk about uh, Lean, just a little bit of history and what it is. I was reading a book and there's a really nice, succinct statement about what Lean thinking is. And it says, competitive advantage mainly comes from understanding customer needs and defining business processes in order to deliver unique value. And Lean thinking is kind of centred around that customer advantage, customer satisfaction and customer value. So let's talk about what Lean is. I'm not going to go into too much history of Lean and the academic side of it, because one, I'm not an academic, and two, there are all kinds of agilists and Lean experts all over the internet that you can kind of read and learn from that will articulate this way better than I could. But if you go to Mario's blog, .co.uk, I put a link on the history of Lean. But in short, uh, for those listening to the podcast, it it came from uh, manufacturing and, and typically Toyota, the car manufacturer in Japan, set up this kind of TPS, this Toyota production system. And it was based on minimizing waste, be that material or time. They leveraged something called JIT, this just-in-time manufacturing that's still used and well-known today in various kind of verticals such as supermarkets and car factories where the idea is that you're only building at the point a customer orders something um, rather than sitting on millions of dollars of inventory which is just inefficient so this JIT or just-in-time delivery was centered around what lean thinking is um, and the purpose is to minimize waste so that very production system that TPS that was rebadged um, John Krafsik coined this term lean in his 1988 article, Triumph of the Lean Production System. And it's a really good uh, book. You can read again the links on the website uh, and the blog post. But the overarching elements of lean can often be quite complex and they comprise of multiple components and bleed into what agile is as well. It's kind of, you know, it's all one in effect. So I want to focus on a, on a couple of things. So the, lean recognises lean as a fixed state or goal. Lean as a continuous change process, i.e. you're becoming lean. Lean as a set of tools or methods, so doing lean or toolbox lean, and lean as a philosophy, so lean thinking or culture. So I talk about the last two today. So this is practical tools and methods to be lean and lean as a philosophy, lean thinking and culture. So let's talk about how clients often think. And um, this is common even today. So clients and sort of agile delivery teams that 
deliver things to those clients will often attempt to deliver what's known as an MVP, a minimum viable product. Now, as much as we talk about that in the world of Agile, and I'll talk about that on my podcast all the time, and if you're an Agile, experienced Agile team, you'll be really comfortable with the notion of an MVP for anything. Clients, mm, not so much. The problem is that a client will want something that's fully fit for purpose uh, before they release it to their users, customers, or the world. And it's very difficult for them to get their head around that the thing that they are paying for uh, might be full of bugs, it might not be right, and the notion of iteration is often lost. Now, even though they've been through agile transformation, probably delivered by a load of consultants, maybe this is their 10th agile project, the notion of MVP often still doesn't land today. I certainly find that it doesn't. A customer will want waterfall stage gates because they can see what's coming. They want to know what's coming and when. And they want a fully gold-plated, commercially viable product straight from the off. They're not interested in anything other than getting to that point. Taking customers and agile teams on a true journey to understand what iteration is and continuous improvement over time is something that is actually really difficult for people to get their head around. And that's the problem, really. That is the problem. So agile delivery teams, they're more than comfortable with MVP. But I often use an analogy with clients when we talk about lean and we talk about the true definition of an MVP. You'll go out to a mobile phone shop and you'll spend £1,500 on Apple's latest phone. That product contains software that is in no way complete. It's full of bugs, security holes, everything you could think of that makes it not a finished product. But you buy it anyway. And the idea is, and you've experienced this with any kind of mobile phone, is periodically you get a software update and that update fixes and addresses a load of bugs and security holes. And you accept that and you accept the update and the update's rolled out over the air, updates your phone and you get an iteration of the product that you've bought. And this has been going on for some time and no one really questions it in that capacity and it's exactly the same when you're building software and if you're a client getting your head around actually it's okay to deliver a beta mvp to market but you need to communicate that set expectations with your customers or users and then be fully committed to continuous improvement over time agile starts that process and starts that thinking lean accelerates it even more to make sure that you minimize efficient well you minimize uh, a loss of efficiency through maximizing kind of really tight processes and getting straight to commercial value of delivering something that is valuable and what the customers have asked for so it's all about doing the minimum amount of work needed that's valuable and iterating that no gold plating. So in a factory setting, this would be about reducing raw material waste, you know, unused offcuts, uh, material, that kind of thing. On your project, this has a direct impact on your bottom line, your margin. So what you're trying to do here is not do anything extra either than what was agreed in terms of outcome or what's understood in terms of value and iterating that. And for a delivery team, well, what does this mean? Well, it means getting your head around hypothesis-driven development and validating everything through experimentation. So if you picture a Venn diagram, and again, go to the blog post and you'll see what I mean because I've drawn it, you would have overlapping feasible, desirable and viable in terms of a product development, a product feature or a thing that the team is being asked to do. And what you want to do is create some kind of template, some kind of test card that routes everyone's thinking through this notion of hypothesis validation and execution to ensure that everything is being done 
based on validated information. So think of your hypothesis first, kind of articulating the idea and the why. You can use techniques like five whys to help draw that out further. And we'll talk about case and events uh, uh, and sort of activities later to help bring out lean. Uh, identify the problem being solved and validating it. Asking yourself the question and creating the hypothesis of will it work and how will you measure the success of it. Moving into a validation stage of asking the users, getting them to validate whether the thing that you've done, built, is going to be useful, usable, solve a problem. Um, query the assumptions that have been made. Execute the experiment and note the results and then analyse those results to, in effect, make a decision on shall we do this thing. And what you want to do is that notion of hypothesis-driven decision-making and development, everything should be rooted through that funnel to ensure that you're doing the minimum thing to get the maximum value based on validating what the customers ask for. So if you're a true lean team, you put the customers first by focusing on and building those foundational processes that allow the team to, in effect, minimise waste. So for me... Lean is just as much a cultural mindset shift as it is going through that practical experimentation. That discipline is one of the biggest issues teams struggle with, and it's what I've experienced in a most recent project using Lean. Um, successful Lean implementations are typically those which Lean thinking's been baked in, and it's part of the team's DNA. You really should consider a number of kind of lean awareness events prior to any project kickoff. Uh, teams that do it day in, day out, it's natural, but that focus on minimising waste including time, is often a difficult one uh, to get their head around. Agile teams I work in are often bound to backlogs, so even in Agile they're bound to the notion of estimation via arbitrary story points, they're bound to a daily stand-up and churning through tasks, they're bound to sort of tasks to do uh, the project kickoff, usually sprint zero type activity where you're setting up pipelines, setting up environments, accessing licenses. The clients just don't give a shit about that and even though teams hide behind the comfort of in quotes doing it properly, true lean in terms of waste is just getting to building the product first um, and showing and demonstrating value. Um, technical teams often hemorrhage time through preparation and this isn't a statement where I'm saying that that preparation is not needed. What I'm saying is when it comes to lean, true purist lean is about getting to the version one of a product, putting it in front of a client, then getting a list of improvements, using that hypothesis driven validation to create iteration and improvement, doing it again and again and again. And all the supporting processes around that should be as efficient as possible to allow you to execute lean. Let's run through a couple of examples side by side. The project that I'm working on in my corporate life and the project that I'm working on in my private life with my sort of consultancy that I run on the side. So we'll talk about that first. So I've got a customer and he's come to me for a website and he's very practical. We're all human beings, kind of visually focused and visual creatures anyway. So he wants to see something, he wants to feel something, he wants to play with something. He wants a website, he's got some ideas of features. And there's three ways that I could do this as a, as a kind of a, a website developer. I could start walking him through how I want him to work, setting up a Kanban in Trello, getting him to put his feature requests in there. I could start building development pipelines, backup resiliency, documentation, register his domain. At this point, I've spent a week in time and effort and I've not done anything the customer actually cares about. I could produce some kind of clickable prototypes to get 
that notion of safety by not going straight to expensive code. I could put those prototypes in front of him, but he wouldn't have a clue because he's not used to kind of using prototypes. So he'd be like, well, I don't get it. This isn't what the site's going to look like, right? Or what I could do is spin up like a low-cost turnkey WordPress website, use a template, do some of the functionality and features that have been asked for out the box via a plugin, get that in front of him as soon as possible and see what's valuable and what's not and iterate on that. Now that is an example of leaning, just getting right to the nub of what the client's asked for without kind of trying to gold plate anything that they don't care about. Now, I know technical people would physically convulse at the notion of one using WordPress, but joking aside, getting straight to code. But ultimately, if I've got a solid idea of what the client's asking for, and I truly understand that, and I've validated that, and validated it with him, then anything else is just waste, because what I should be doing is focusing time and energy on getting in front of him what he's asked for, and doing that the least cost route, both in time and effort. So that lean thinking is something that I do because ultimately that impacts my bottom line it impacts my margin and the actual way of working is immaterial what I should be doing is just delivering what the client's asked for in an effort to to get him what he wants now if we look at a second scenario at a more kind of broader and larger scale on a project team I've got an agile-esque team Uh, we've got a, a client who we fully understand thanks to a good discovery what they're asking for and we can spend time in sprint zero we can set up kind of confluence pages backlogs we can create ways of working we can do some three amigo sessions we can create some epics and we can do all that agile good stuff But at this point, we've already validated that we know exactly what the client wants to see at minimum. So why can't we just build that? It might be ropey, might be full of security holes, um, but let's just build the thing straight away and get it in front of the client. Because the reality is, in my first two-week update to the client after we've done a sprint zero, uh, we've done a load of stuff that the client really couldn't give a shit about. And it's really important that even though we care about quality, Actually, the notion of lean is looking at customer satisfaction and we do that by getting to the thing as quickly as possible and then iterating on that. So we talk about kind of the seven key tenets of lean and just briefly to go over some of them, you know, we optimize the whole in terms of looking at the whole thing. We eliminate waste. We build in quality and we deliver fast and we create knowledge to make sure that the team understand and then we respect people and we'll come to respect people at the end because I think that's quite a good one but what I want to do is just talk you through some of these tenets of what we've done and what I've done as a delivery manager to try and help and what I will do on my next project to kind of look at how lean is adopted and how lean is talked about and thought about by the teams so first tenet point number one optimizing the whole so we look at the whole value stream the value stream being the end-to-end process that starts with a trigger. It could be an operational value stream. It could be a product or functional value stream, whereby once the process is completed, any given process, values delivered to the end user or the customer. Lean thinking involves making that process as short as possible, whether it's a feature release or an operational or process efficiency using things like automation. So when we look at optimizing the whole, what we're doing is talking about looking at the whole end-to-end value stream, understanding what needs to be done and where the value is, and then getting there as quickly as possible in as little steps as possible. So we need to identify the value streams to implement those new efficiencies. And that involves getting out your post-it notes, getting out your whiteboard and start mapping out what um, process uh, value streams are. 
leveraging digital tooling, using Kanban to eliminate work in progress, an agile technique just as much as anything else, but centered around lean in particular. We want to make sure that we're pulling and not pushing work. So we use tools like Kanban um, to help do that. Mapping your as is and to be state are really important elements of understanding the world and where efficiencies could be. And we can use Kazen events like Catchball and, and A3 to uh, help with that. And we'll talk about what that means just shortly. Then we need to develop a plan and address any challenges before we actually execute uh, something using Lean. Eliminating waste. So this can be things like context switching. We avoid that as human beings. We're appalling at it, even though we think we're probably quite good at switching in between stuff. Context switching is terrible. Inefficient information systems and technology platforms or over-engineering and gold-plating. They're examples of waste and we look to eliminate that kind of stuff in the project. Building in quality. So this is about increasing efficiency through maybe automation, standardizing processes and looking at ways where we can be efficient in that. Automation is a really big deal and day-to-day -day processes that are done manually again and again and again. Automation is a real thing. And again, you see automation in factories when it comes to manufacturing vehicles. So thinking about that in any business really of where you can use automation tools either at the desktop or in the cloud to kind of help do repeatable tasks is really important when it comes to minimizing waste so deliver fast we've talked about that so this is about how quickly can you get something in front of the client the quicker you can get feedback on the actual thing rather than talking about it the better and that helps you minimize kind of work in progress too when we talk about how quickly we can deliver so just get something in front of the client and it's going to be ropey but be brave create knowledge so in the one of the examples that i gave what we did was included the team in almost everything what the client was saying what the client was thinking rather than go to them with a backlog and say here refine that we trusted the team to understand what the client wanted and get everyone on the same page so they were committed and took ownership of those client outcomes and what was important to the client by default was then what was important to us and that knowledge creation and knowledge sharing is really important because often as a delivery manager you can fall foul of being an information silo thinking that you're helping the team give the team only what they need to think about to kind of give them an easy life here's a backlog, here's some tasks, get on with it. But it's often out of context. So by allowing the team to understand what the client's trying to achieve in terms of outcome, rather than just here, here's a feature, develop it, has a dramatic impact on the overall quality of the product. But it takes time. And bringing in engineers and, and QA people and BAs and everyone else into, for example, commercial meetings or customer meetings is, is hard and potentially um, requires kind of a mindset shift. Some will say, well, why are you including me in this? I don't care. I'm a software engineer. But it's really important because if a software engineer understands what the client is truly trying to do, that will make that software engineer think in a slightly different way. And then finally, kind of the seventh tenet of Lean for me and it's all centered around people. My favorite subject is the notion of respecting people. And there's a bit of a manifesto that I like, so I'll read it to you. And maybe you should use this as a starting point for your teams when it comes to setting up your project. So out of respect for our customer, we make decisions which bring the most value with the minimum waste. Out of respect for our employees, we create environments that allow everyone to do their best work. And out of respect for our co-workers, we continuously strive to optimise our processes to allow everyone to deliver the most value that they can provide. 
And I think those three core pillars when it comes to respecting people is a great way of um, just demonstrating at its heart what lean is. And maybe you should swarm around that manifesto when you start your next project and you're thinking about using lean. So like in any good framework or methodology there's always a bunch of terms often centered around japanese history but we're going to talk about keizen i might have pronounced it wrong i'm sorry uh, this is the concept referring to business activities that continuously improve all functions and involve all employees from the ceo to the assembly line Kazen also applies to kind of processes such as purchasing logistics or anything within a project, anything within an organisation. So we use kind of Kazen-esque events to kind of help plan out and map um, efficiencies across all of this stuff. And there are some practical things as a delivery manager you might want to kind of do. And what you'll notice is if you ever work with kind of hardcore classic management consultants, they do a lot of this and you'll see a lot of this, but as an agile delivery manager, maybe you just focus on agile events. And this is a good foray into more business management consulting. And some of these techniques use templates that you can download off the internet. I've included a few, some that I use day to day, some of my go-to kind of templates that I use on my projects, but you might want to think about um, sort of having a look through them. So Again, very similar to Agile events, but these lean practices um, are really useful to get to grips. So when you're doing lean, you can back this up with kind of these processes. So let's talk through a few. So we've got DMAIC or D-M-A-I-C. It stands for Define, Measure, Analyze, Improve and Control. So each is quite obvious. And if you read the blog post, I kind of break those down into what they are but let's just quickly go over them so uh, define is about um, what's the significance or the business impact of the problem identifying who the customer is customers can be internal or external too right and what processes business units or people are impacted then you need to measure that and again you'll notice this forms the structure of this hypothesis driven validation and this experiment approach so we measure what's the key performance indicators for the process or the situation to be improved how can you then reliably measure the current state and the change over time so this is as we talked about before the kind of mapping of the as is and to be state you've got to be able to map the as is state to be able to gauge improvement Who's going to be responsible for doing that measurement and who's going to be responsible for doing that reporting and how often will you collect those measurements and that data? You'll then need to analyse that. So what's the potential cause of the problem? What priority should be given to each cause? Uh, and then how can any collected data be visualised in a way that makes sense and brings clarity uh, to the root causes, those problems that you've identified? So again, we're just going down into the, the, the weeds of this notion of experimentation and actually identifying problems. And you can run this process through when you're identifying value streams and documenting them and running through this kind of define, measure, analyse, improve and control. So improvement is then what's the plan to improve it and how will it be improved? What empirical evidence have you got to be able to support that? What are the risks of the improvement if it has any risks and how can they be mitigated? So classic kind of project risk management. And what are the results against any kind of predefined performance measurements over time? What's the result in the improvement and what can you predict? Maybe you can use modelling analytics or again the importance of data and validating the data is really important. And then the control part. So how do we document 
whatever improvement has been made? How will the process be monitored over time to protect it against breakdown? And then what have you learned as a team that can be shared and applied in other areas? So that's like the knowledge sharing bit when we talked about the kind of seven key tenets of, of Lean. Now, this particular kind of approach suits if you're doing operating model design and you're looking at processes and organizational processes, not necessarily product, but you can absolutely apply it to product. So read the blog post, think about those. Um, the next kind of event that I've often used is the five whys, and I've created a bit of a five whys template, but if you just go online, there's plenty and you'll get the notion of it. Um, so occasionally in a project, leadership you know, is often met with subtle, usually quite resistance to change. It's sometimes driven by leadership. It's sometimes driven by the teams. And again, we're into the foray of kind of classic management consultancy now. You go into an organisation, you spot a load of inefficiencies, you try and implement change and no one wants it. Employees either grumble about kind of what's happening or they just don't want to engage. So what we need to do is dig into what causes this and identifying those problems empirically without pointing fingers at people. And Five Wise kind of takes the people out of it. Often people are afraid that improvements uh, eliminate them from the organisation. They're not needed anymore. Uh, technological transformation often does that. Uh, often the blame game and that fear of losing your job go hand in hand. So the five wise techniques are a great way to kind of address impediments to change too. So I've built a particular template that I use all the time. You will need to go onto the blog to see it. But the idea is that what you do is you go through identifying root cause analysis in effect and documenting it and using data to support it and then getting the team to talk through kind of an approach to kind of removing that impediment and increasing efficiency having everyone involved in that is really important then there's kind of a, a more experiential fun uh, event called catchball which i've done and you'll have probably seen this get yourself some kind of soft squidgy ball that you can lob from one person to another in a crowd and if you imagine a kind of an agile three amigos event cross between a pi increment planning session and kind of an experiential retro and what you're doing is you're getting everyone in a room and assign a start person and what you want to do is outline a problem statement maybe that's come from the five whys that you've done and get them to talk through the case for change the potential and and how to do it and then that person throws the ball to the next person and they get their input and then that person throws the ball to the next person and they get their input and they might challenge what the previous person has said and what you're doing is you're using validation to get everyone on the same page in a quite experiential and fun event so typically what you'll do is you'll go through something like the five whys to create a load of cards that represent issues inefficiencies things that you want to change or things that you want to do and then you'll use an event like catchball to kind of help bring everyone on board with identifying what some of those things that have been identified getting them to talk about it getting them to self-challenge one another and from it build a load of potential experiments that you can then validate and get to value release really quickly so there's not a lot of difference here between this and, and agile to some degree but you can hopefully start to see that what we're doing we're accelerating um, kind of get into that valuable outcome as quickly as possible so there are some examples and some case and events and there are plenty more and you can dig deep into kind of six sigma two and we're getting into the kind of realms that i'm either not interested in or i don't know a lot about these are the practical things that i do um, when we talk about implementing lean 
So I wanted to do this podcast to think about and wrap up kind of a summarization of my thoughts on lean and what I would do again and what I've learned having done true lean now maybe three or four times. So it's important that lean, you know, it's not agile. The distillation of what agile attempts to be is, is what lean kind of is. We're accelerating what agile tries to do. It really does require a lot of focus and effort to be a lean thinker and then stick to it throughout the team. So as a delivery manager, you've got to think about how do you impart that culture. So it's often a good idea to kind of warm the team up to the notion of what lean is and the focus needed, especially if they've got to work within the broader constraints of their organisation and, for example, Agile. And, we, and, you know, to me talking about the constraints of Agile, who'd have thought, right? So where we talked earlier about teams being constrained by the backlog arbitrary story pointing, churning through features without context and without uh, knowledge. Think about that and think about getting the team warmed up to a different way of working. Using short, focused periods of work, hack days, things like that, with hypothesis-driven outcomes gets everyone into that kind of lean mindset and everything should be centered around this notion of validated experimentation so you can use an experimentation card with identifying the problem and again it's that five wise thing identify the problem validating it using data what does the customer want and then talking that through with the team it's really important that you focus on customer value too so that focus on delivering value by understanding their needs and we talked about this earlier by getting the engineering team getting the whole team into the the, the problem that you're trying to solve for the customer or the client and not just letting them build the thing bring them into the broader conversation and get them to take accountability and ownership of the outcomes that we're trying to do rather than just the feature that we're trying to release Visual management's really important. So where you can draw pictures over words and everything should be as visual as possible. Lots of pictures, lots of post-its. We are visual creatures as human beings. And if you can't do it as a, as a delivery manager, it's really a skill that you need to pick up very, very quickly, I would recommend. And to create that and that foster and that culture of continuous improvement is something that needs to be done every day. Um, and it's that notion of getting comfortable with starting with something that's imperfect. So encouraging the team to share ideas and getting them to expect that the first two or three iterations of the thing that they do won't be perfect. And that's OK. But let's get it in front of the client and get them testing it so we can get that value release straight away um, and get the team to take accountability for what they're doing. And you can do that by bringing them into the wider conversation. So, again, and I think I've talked about this in, in previous kind of either podcasts or or sort of lunch and learns or tech talks that I've done is that if you've got all your technical folk in a room round the back and you're the delivery manager talking to the client and you're taking what the client thinks that they want and then you're synthesizing that and adding your own kind of understanding to it, that then changes it a little bit and then you're feeding that to the team through a backlog that's been synthesized and written that's then refined by a team, you can start to see how you create further steps away from what the client wants and, and the true value and then ultimately what's built. And whilst Agile tries to bridge that gap to some degree by increasing the, the, the lead time to show the client something, what Lean does is actually accelerate that further by starting with something imperfect but immediate and then iterating on that collectively.
So hopefully you've had a think about that kind of approach. It's very subtle and very nuanced because lean for me certainly fits into the world of agile, but maybe as a delivery manager and you may be on a project where you're building something greenfield or you're going out to look at an operating model or how a business works and process mapping and understanding where efficiencies can be gained Maybe lean is the right thing for you to do. And hopefully this podcast today has talked you through some of the things that you might want to think about. Go to the podcast um, link and the show notes in that point to the blog. Or if you want to go to the blog directly, mariosblog.co.uk. I've done a load of drawings, included a load of templates and written about this in a little bit more detail too. I probably will do a, a YouTube version of this as well. But for now, it's on the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at MarioDC or DM underscore daily. Other than that, thanks for listening and talk to you very soon. I just want to take this opportunity to let you know that I do have a small web and app company that I run on the side to my day-to-day job. I build websites, small applications, and you can get in touch with me if you want a website built, maybe you want to start a new business or a side hustle, or you need to talk to someone for some advice, I'm not sure where to go. Get in touch with me at creativepixel.me.uk, quote the podcast, DM daily, you'll get a 10% discount on any work that you uh, have done with me, so check it out.